Hello, and welcome to The Beeline, the official podcast of the West Virginia National Guard. I'm Staff Sergeant Caleb Vance, a public affairs specialist with your West Virginia National Guard. Today on the show, I have Master Sergeants Dewan Haley and Eugene Christ and Mr. Bo Riston to discuss military photography. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So, um, this is what we're going to talk about today is the different techniques and stuff like that that we do with photography, um, our whole thought process and, you know, just going into that, the lessons learned and things. So, Bo, the first thing I want to ask you is, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Sure. So uh, I've been a photographer for a very, very, very long time. Picked up my first camera uh, at the age of eight years old. Joined the military, uh, the United States Navy, as an active duty photographer's mate back in 1990 dating myself here, and uh, was on active duty, uh, did five years of active duty. I uh, also did a tour with the Navy Reserves as a combat camera photographer and did a combat tour in Iraq in 2009, spending six months in Baghdad and and areas around Baghdad doing uh, combat imagery and outside-the-wire missions and things of that nature, documenting the efforts uh, of all of our troops. Got to spend a lot of time with the 1150th out of West Virginia, and just luck would have it. I was deployed at the same time they were in the same location, and so it was really a treat. I wasn't expecting to go over and serve with fellow West Virginians, but I got to, and uh, it remains one of the highlights of, of my military career, uh, obviously, and uh, just a, in life general, uh, being able to serve and, and document those guys overseas in action. So uh, currently... I am a public affairs specialist with the West Virginia National Guard. I'm a former command photographer for the Naval War College in Newport, Rhode Island for a number of years. And uh, that's pretty much it. So you're saying that um, you picked up a camera in eight. Uh, what yes. was like, give me a little bit of background to that. Like what made you like say, like when you picked up the camera and took the first picture, what made you say like, this is what I want to do? Well, for me, it started with a 4-H project, and I took Photography One uh, for uh, my 4-H club and started with a Kodak disc camera, if anyone remembers those. That was a <laughs> little teeny tiny camera. It had uh, negatives about the size of your thumbnail and uh, 15 of them in a little disc circle, and I started with that and did my end-of-the-year presentation and submitted my portfolio to the county fair and won a blue ribbon Ooh, at the county wow. fair. And history uh, has never been the same since. <laughs> <laughs> From that point forward, a camera was my constant companion. And I did photography throughout high school and uh, and then professionally since I've turned 18. So what is your most rewarding aspect about just photography in general? Well, I do. Uh, for me, photography is my gift. It, it was it was a skill set that I have worked hard to to try to master. Um, I've been doing it, like I said, since I was eight years old, and there's still things that I learn on a daily basis. Um, so either I'm not a very good student, or there's just a whole lot to learn. <laughs> um, uh, it's a good thing I'm pretty. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for me, the, the, the best thing about photography is being able to give back. I do a lot of volunteer work with my photography, and to me, it's a, it's a gift that I was given, uh, a skill set that I was given. And if I don't share that with other people, 
then I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So uh, I do a lot of volunteer work, um, work with a lot of different organizations and agencies, uh, and help support them throughout my adult career. Uh, and, and to me, that's the, the most rewarding and beneficial thing uh, about about the, the career field and the skill set that I have. So one thing that um, I always say, especially when I see any of your photos, is I think you're one of the best um, portrait photographers that I think I've seen. So can you talk about talk a little bit about like your whole thought process of when you're going and you know you see something out there that might be compelling? Can you talk about your whole process from start to finish? Sure. Um, in regards to uh, portraiture, and I would say this to, to anyone that's uh, interested in photography in general, uh, apprentice. Make sure that you get out there and reach out to professionals in your area and apprentice. When I was in the Navy, uh, stationed in Virginia Beach, Oceana Naval Air Station, and there was a photo- local photographer who did a display in a local mall. And his work just absolutely blew me away. It was the most incredible work that I'd ever seen in my life. And I knew that I had to meet this man. I wanted to study with him. So I tracked him down. I had a meeting with him, asked him if he needed any part-time help because I was active duty at the time. And I couldn't devote all time or anything uh, to to working with him. But I said, hey, you need some part-time help. He said, no, I, I, I don't do anything like that. I said, how about an apprenticeship? Can I just come in and work with you? And he came hauled around a little bit and said, let me get back to you. And so he came back to me a couple of days later and he said, yes, let's, let's work this. And you can come over to my studio a couple of nights a week. And uh, you're not going to touch camera, but I will let you do some other things for me. <laughs> yeah. So in uh, three years for working for the man, uh, working with the man, I should say, <laughs> I never touched, I, I never touched the, the camera once. Right. I, I cleaned his floors. I uh, did a lot of glass cleaning. I did some framing. But the most important thing was being around the environment, listening to him interact with his clients, and being around the imagery that he created and watching how he created that imagery. Mm-hmm. That was invaluable to me. So I picked up a lot of my professional techniques and my professionalism from being in that environment and exposing myself to that. I had to hunt that out. That wasn't handed to me on a platter. Yeah. It was something that I went out and, and, and pursued aggressively because it's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I'm always taking lessons from that point in my life. And so when I'm looking for portraiture, I'm using the skill sets that I developed then, uh, not pushing the camera button, but just by, by observing and watching. Um, does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. I mean, um, the answer is real well. Yeah, and I think no, I, I think it's it, that's that's an interesting point to make because we, you know, in reviewing all of our work, we talk a lot about you know um, images that are very pedestrian and like you know sh- shots that like are taken from standard like a height of someone standing yeah. and like you know very like anybody could take this photograph and yeah. I, I i think about like uh annie Leibovitz and like some of those the really famous portraits or portraiture uh photographers out there and Bo, you could probably talk 
about this, but like how important it is to, is it like spending time with the person and kind of understanding who they are before, you know, clicking that shutter or even understanding the, all the mechanical stuff behind taking a photograph. Like how does that play into a good portrait? Well, anytime that you get to spend time with the subject um, is phenomenal. Now there are a lot of, especially famous celebrity photographers and things like that, that aren't uh, as established as an Annie Leibovitz or things of that nature, that literally you hear story after story after story of photographers getting literally 30 seconds with yeah. a subject. They have to get in, get the imagery. The person walks in the room, sits down, click, 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 click. Okay, we're done here. Yeah. Boom, and on the way. So that is the pressures sometimes of doing that type of work. As a photojournalist, of course, you are uh, subject to the whims of nature and, and uh, fancy <laughs> and of whatever is in front of your lens at that particular moment. There's not a lot that you can control. So in that sense, you have to uh, develop a very spontaneous ability to capture imagery on the fly. But if you get the opportunity to spend time with an individual, learn more about them, learn about their nuances, the more at ease that you can become with your subject, the better the imagery can be. Now, that's not saying all the time. Each individual situation is different. But as a general rule, um, you spend more time with someone, just like any interaction that you have in life, period. The more time you spend around someone, either you don't like them and you get less comfortable, <laughs> or B, you really fall in love with certain aspects of them. And that's what you want to to uh, dig out and, and be creative with. Yeah, when you're talking about um, the photojournalism aspect, honestly, for me, that's the thing that I really enjoy the most because it's so spontaneous. And to me, it's a much more rewarding feeling because it is only that moment in that particular time in human history that you can catch it. Yeah. And once you get that shot and you catch it, you're just like, man, like, it's such a rewarding feeling. So can you talk a little bit about about the uh, photojournalism aspect of what you do? In regards to photojournalism, a lot of it has to do with patience, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest with you. Um, that is – what you stated is, is exactly precise, and it's that the, the knowing that you got that particular – second in time nobody else is capturing that image from that particular perspective there may be a thousand photographers at a location the image that you created at that specific moment is yours and yours alone so there's a certain reward to that uh which is intoxicating Mm -hmm. and and also just powerful yeah um a large portion of photojournalism though has to deal with patience and holding for the right uh, for the for the right moment, yeah. um, you can take an image of someone, and two seconds later, that's when the image should have been taken. Right. So a lot of it is is about that timing and about that patience. My first ever magazine cover was the cover. It was back in 1997, I believe. This was still uh, during the days prior to digital, so it was, I was shooting on slide film, and I was at the Civil War reenactment at Carnifex Ferry uh, State uh, Battlefield Park in uh, Nicholas County, West Virginia. And I was on the battlefield, and I was photographing some of the reenactors. And I lined the shot up, 
and I had my light. It's always about the light. I had the light coming in from behind the gentleman, so it was nicely rim lit. I had a long lens on so that I had good compression and, uh, and good background. My background was clean and, and out of focus. And I took a photograph, and then I just waited. And I wanted him to turn and look into the camera. He was facing kind of away from the camera in the original profile shot that I took. And I waited, and I literally waited for probably five minutes before the man finally turned, bang, got the image, and that turned out to be my very first magazine cover. Um, so patience is an often overlooked in photojournalism uh, aspect, but it is very, very critical, uh, just as much so as having that uh, ability to immediately capture that peak action moment. Well, it's not even that, but I, I think, like, you know, to your point, it's like knowing – like this guy is going to turn this way. So I need to be over here. Cause what I'm looking for is this. I know when I, when I was in college, my first uh, photography professor used to talk about the decisive moment. And it's, it's that moment, like you're looking through the lens and it's that moment when everything comes, you know, there's uh, tension in the frame and you just, it's that knowing when to push that shutter button and, everything is in line and sometimes you miss it. And sometimes you're like, man, this is, you, you know, you've got something. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a skill set, and it is, it is something that you just like anything, whether you're um, building cargo pallets or you are flying an aircraft and, and getting ready to land um, a, a medic trying to insert a, a IV needle while you're going down the road, screaming at 70 miles an hour. Uh, any just like anything, it's practice, 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 and the more that you get the opportunity to explore that skill set and develop that skill set, the better you will become. Right. Yeah, that's one thing I always think is, you know, once you learn in photography, once you learn the, um, you know, your ISO, f-stop, and shutter speed, and you have that down, everything else is just the moment. You know, if you can create any um, scenario as far as lighting goes, you're just waiting for the moment to catch the, capture the image. And Correct. Yeah, and um, it's funny because you, when you're talking about, like, patience, I know this one thing with me personally, I struggle with patience, <laughs> <laughs> especially in, um, especially, like, today, in today's world and stuff like that, especially you got to, we live in that 24-hour news cycle where you got to get it out, got to get it out, got to get it out. But if you just be calm, be patient, wait for the moment, you know, it's going to come. It's an entirely different world today, uh, you know, where you have top-level sports photographers who are shooting uh, and have the capability to wirelessly transmit mm -hmm. on the sidelines, <clears throat> from the sidelines, excuse me, to their uh, assistants who are in the locker room areas and who are downloading the imagery as it's being taken and forwarding that on to sports editors for Sports Illustrated, and ESPN, and things of that nature, and literally you're seeing imagery from the field, still imagery from the field, uh, literally a minute, two minutes after it actually happens. Exactly. Uh, that is just phenomenal as compared to the days of, let's say, Ansel Adams, <laughs> who is a very famous landscape photographer who yeah. literally would go get his location to where he wanted to photograph and would wait. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes would wait for weeks for the light to be just 
right, yeah. for the weather to be just right, and spend literally weeks creating one image. And, and not so, only—I'm uh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was and not only that. Like the man invented his own like system for being able to de- determine exposure. Like it's uh, yes, indeed. Uh, he was he was a, he was an absolute master of his craft. And uh, but it's a totally different world now. Uh, everything is sped up, and uh, so yeah, it, it you got to get that moment. You got to you got to capture it. What I always try to do, whenever I approach any type of photojournalism setting in, in, in any assignment, I try to get the shots that I know I need. So exactly. the general overall, the, the the establishment shots, the ambiance shots, things mm-hmm. of that nature, I get what I need out of the web. And then I create. Exactly. Yeah. And then I work for me. Really good point. And at that point, once I have those images in the can, <clears throat> to use an old term, yeah. <laughs> um, once I've got those in the can, then I will create for me. Right. And I will look and challenge myself to capture a moment at every single event that I am at. I try to do this mm-hmm. to create something that I've never created before or to challenge myself to create something. That is above and beyond. Um, consistently trying to push myself to create something better, and I think that's a, a key element in, in really in any job career field that you have, uh, whether it's photography or journalism or um, uh, being a uh, aerial reporter, whatever it may be. Um, constantly challenging yourself uh, to go beyond, uh, above and beyond, is really really critical. So during this time right now, we're dealing with COVID-19 and, you know, a lot of people are um, at home with nothing to do. So, you know, they might come up and say, huh, I want to try photography. I've never picked up a camera at all. What would be your advice to them? Well, get out their phone manual. (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, So there's a, there's a variety. Education is incredibly important. Uh, so if you just go to Google and type in photography lessons or photography education, something of that nature, you're going to be reached with a plethora of different YouTube videos and different books and everything else that you can download for free, that you can watch for free um, from capture to post-processing, you name it. Uh, those things are out there. So there's a ton, ton, ton of things that are out there that even two decades ago, um, you just didn't have access to. I've got a, a fairly good collection of photography books, a fairly nice library, but compared to what's available online now, uh, I mean, there's no comparison. It's apples and oranges. Um, so I would highly recommend that everyone take advantage of those opportunities that are out there for free. Right. Keeping in mind that the, the, the most important thing when you're going through your photography experience is to have fun with it. Right. And to have it be something that brings joy to your life and to those around you. Create for yourself, um, and you'll never go wrong. Well, and uh, one of the reasons why we uh, decided the, to bring up this topic was to highlight the fact that uh, the silent member of this uh, podcast has uh, once again uh, been uh, – recognized as a uh, award-winning photographer for the National Guard. Um, so I know, right? <laughs> so, uh, Caleb, as 
someone who, uh, compared to the, the the other three of the members of this podcast, they're less worthy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, you know, as someone who is like relatively new in the career, like what keeps you excited? What keeps you going? Like as as a photographer. So, it's really hard sometimes uh, to stay motivated. Like no matter how good you do, no matter how how successful you are, and no matter you know how many people tell you how great your images are or anything, it, it's really hard because when you're new to it and you're not as vetted and everything, you fail a lot. I mean, even people who are experienced fail a lot, but when you're newer, you don't have, like, previous experience to base, like, your failures off of. So you really have to, like, reflect on your failures to build off of. And I think that, in turn, helps motivate you because you, you realize what you did wrong. And No, I agree with you. Like, yeah, I think you learn so much more from your failures than you do from your successes. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, if you go out there and you just crap the bed on a job and have like zero usable images and feel horrible and terrible inside. Like first thing that it does, it makes you like, it motivates you to like not give up to prove yourself again. Yeah. And then, you know, in the next sense, it, it makes you like go back and look and say, you know, okay, what did I mess up at? And what can I do better the next time to get it done? And I think that's one thing with you that you really do well is like you will, you know, you'll take critiques and you'll take, you'll look at your failures and everything like that. And then you'll come back and your stuff is, you get first place in categories or, you know, in Air National Guard level stuff. So I think that's one, that's one thing that I see in you most definitely. And that's, that's something I definitely focus on. Like, one thing, myself personally, I cannot stand making the same mistake twice, whether it be with photography or anything. It just, I feel like if I don't learn from my mistakes, it was a wasted opportunity, a wasted chance. So I always try to try to learn from them and come back and rebound. And whether I do it a little bit better or I crush it, as long as there's improvement, that's what I strive for. So in the same vein of, um, since we're on mistakes, <laughs> I'm going to ask both um, Caleb and Bo this. Um, can you just talk for a minute about a job that you, like, completely, like, blown? Like, you just, after you left that job, you were just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I'm going to get fired <laughs> or something. <laughs> Bo, do you want to go first? Yeah. And just talk about, like, what you learned from that to make you more successful. Before 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 I say that, um very famous quote, Stephen McCrane. The master has failed more times than the beginner has even tried. Right. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a good one. So keep that in mind. Uh, yeah. Failure is an integral part of any any success, no matter what uh, aspect of life that you're talking about. Right. So um, uh, usually I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sharp. Like I said, my my goal is to always to get the imagery that I need. And then I then I move forward. So I, I try to keep keep the fundamentals and basics. Um, my biggest failure was again at Carnifex Ferry, 
the uh, fourth year that I was photographing that Civil War reenactment, and I had shot six rolls of film and was actually on the battlefield in um, Civil War regalia, walking, uh, actually running and, and capturing the, the battle reenactment as it happens. And six rolls of 36 exposure slide film somewhere fell out of my bag and are lost to the ages. Oh, <laughs> man, that hurts. <laughs> it really hurt. I walked the entire battlefield twice uh, and never found them. And they were in a light, big, huge green case. And uh, I know somebody has some really great images from that day. <laughs> I Hopefully they didn't expose so. it to the light. Right, right. <laughs> My specific example, one that I can remember, I mean, there's been a few definitely, but one I can remember was probably within my first year in, um, can't remember if it was a maintenance group, it it was either a promotion to colonel or it was a change of command that involved the colonel, and I remember, I, I mean, up there in those areas, the lighting's terrible, you have to really, like, try to make good images, and... I already don't like doing those. I mean, not very many people do because that's it, it's something hard to be creative with is those like very repetitive, boring things. But so I was already like, you know, not not feeling it. And then whoever it was came up to me. It was like, oh, I can't wait to get these pictures back. Like I've seen your photos. You're you're a great <laughs> photographer. Like I'm excited. And I was like, oh my god, here we go. He's gonna be like, <laughs> upset and like. I did this job and I was like under pressure and I was probably an A1C, might have even been been an E2 airman still at the time. And like they were just terrible photos. And like I just straight up like sunk in my office for like a week and I got them the photos. I didn't get a thank you or anything (laughs) like and I just like didn't want to touch a camera for the longest time. And one of you all or probably both of you all like just gave me like a lesson about it's going to happen and stuff. And like, I still to this day, like when I go out even on like personal shoots and I get upset cause like I saw this shot and I thought I had this shot and like, it's terrible. It turns out terrible. Yeah. Like not to worry about it and just don't do it again. Yeah. I think that was one thing on active duty that I struggled with that, once I got into the guard that I don't struggle with too much is the fact that you had to be a perfectionist. And it's not even like they really pushed perfectionism. Is that even a word, perfectionism? I'm, that's going to be a <laughs> word today. Right. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> it's not that they pushed that. It was just one of those things where, like, you're new into this, and you have higher expectations than what they have of you. Right. That you want to be, like, perfect. And if you're not perfect, you're just you're the worst human being in the world. Yeah. Whereas now you're just like, okay, if I screw up a job, I mean, it sucks. However, like most of the it's time, not the the people end of the don't world. even care. Yeah. So. Yeah, most of the time people take pictures on their iPhones and they think that it's like award winning photography. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In some cases. It yeah. Is. In some cases. It <laughs> <is>. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, if you just put forth the effort and, you know. I think effort itself is 9.5% of the thing. If you put forth the effort and you screw up, at least I tried my best. You know, I was put in a situation and I tried 
everything possible that I could do, and I failed. I'm cool with that. It's it's those times where you go into a job and you're just like, ugh, I'm not feeling it, and you just know in your head that like, this ain't my best work. Yeah. Like I'm not even yeah. trying here, and you fail at it. Like those should like eat at your soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I've had a camera in my hand over 30 years, gentlemen, and there's not hardly an assignment that I shoot still that I don't come back to the office and go like, oh God, I could have done this, I could have done that, nice. I could have done that. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? That's a constant process, and yeah. I think as artists, um, we have the artistic. Uh, uh, inclination within our personalities to where we want to be perfect, perfect and we want to excel always. Um, that's part of the the blessing and the curse of who we are right. in in those regards. But you know, it, it, the important thing is to understand that there are going to be failures, and you can either use those as downers or as opportunities to motivate yourself and as opportunities to get better. So not not to uh, circle back, but to circle back. But so uh, Caleb, uh, just uh, for the listeners, tell us. Uh, let's hear all of the uh, awards that you not not this just this year, but I imagine there's not a lot of people that are aware of uh, the National Guard level awards you have won. Okay, so what was it? Twenty seventh or. 2017. Yep. Yeah, 2017, I won the Newcoming National Guard uh, Military Photographer of the Year. And then this year, I got first place for Feature News Story. I got second place for News Photo of the Year and third place for, I think it was a uh, Feature Video Story. Boys yeah. home, we don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. So, Caleb, what has been your most rewarding aspect of photography? That for me is like, there, there's two parts to that. There is like the selfish, self-fulfillment part. Um, when, when I get those shots that I was like going after and like seeing my vision portrayed on the photos and stuff, like, I don't even care if anyone sees it. Like, I... I know what I got, and it made me happy inside. And, like, if I put that out, I put that out, whatever. I don't care what anybody thinks. And that's, like, that's one of the biggest rewards for me. And then there's the other side of fulfilling something for a, I'm, I say customer, but obviously not a customer, for whoever it may be that I'm taking the photos for, taking them with, wherever they're going, with those projects that just like when I know someone's getting something they like and they enjoy, especially in the national guard, when we do things like homecomings, when, you know, I'm out there embedded with a unit, whether it's, you know, working in civil engineering or combat medics or something. And those guys like see me down the road and they're like, man, thank you for those photos. Like I got a couple of them printed or anything like that is hugely rewarding to me. I think that's that's the that's the secret too. Like people talk about like, oh, you know, what's what's the best AFSC in the Air Force, blah blah blah. And you know, people say, you know, oh yeah, whatever they are, but really it's it's public affairs. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. You can't you can't beat the you know, just getting thrown in with a bunch of guys and like learning 
what you know that what they do every day yeah. and like getting to see it yeah. up close and personal and getting to experience some of those like you know I, I can remember rolling into uh, New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina with uh, some Army National Guard folks thinking like you know who gets who gets to experience this right. like yeah. firsthand yeah and that's that's something I'm still like super thankful for and like shocked every day like. I've gotten the chance to be strapped up out of the side of a Blackhawk and, like, tied to the back of a C-130 and, like, standing on the tail, the uh, gate and take photos. And I've gotten to help build a wall in Hawaii. Just the most random stuff I've gotten to help with. I've helped people do stuff in uh, AFE and stuff like that. And it's just, like, in four years not very many people at all get the chance to do that. And that circles back. That's that's actually probably the biggest reward is <laughs> getting to experience all those yeah. things. We're lucky. I mean, really. I mean, there's a lot of aspects of our jobs where we're fall guys for a lot of stuff and and we get pushed around a lot and stuff. But I really think we're, like, super lucky. Yeah, honestly, I think this is one of the few jobs where you can actually be yourself and you can yes. express yourself the way that you want to express yourself. Yes. You know, if you, I mean, doing maintenance on a plane, don't express yourself the way you want to express yourself <laughs> doing that. <laughs> no. To what? Do what they tell you to do, all right? <laughs> but, yeah. but in, you know, in public affairs, you have a guide to say, okay, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do. However, push the boundaries. There's a huge you know, area. Be creative. You play yeah. I think that's one of the best things about, you know, this job in general. So I have a question for Bo. You probably have the widest area, obviously, from the Navy and Army, air, all of that. Like, have you seen, like, a big change in the boundaries from different projects as a civilian, as a military member, as a naval member, working at the, or working at the War College to, like, now, anything like that? I would have to say that the biggest change is that the, the career field itself has undergone a, a dramatic change from photo labs that used to have 30 to 40 to 50 members uh, on, on board of ships, on board a carrier. Uh, we would have, you know, 18 to 20 photographers on, on the, in the photo lab wow. on the carrier. Uh, now that entire operation could probably be run by two people. Uh, for the simple fact of the the change in technology from uh, wet process using film and chemicals to develop to everything being digital. So you have uh, a shrinking of the industry, and this goes across all realms of photography, whether it be uh, professional sports photography to photojournalism to portraiture and things of that nature because everybody's a photographer now um, because the accessibility for good camera systems and for just, you know, utilizing your phone and a Snapchat filter to create hmm. something that 20 years ago it would take a professional to create. Yeah. Um, those things have, have really changed the industry as a whole, both on the military and the civilian side of the house. Um, so we're seeing less numbers. Uh, we're seeing a lot more capability and functionality. The, uh, the skill sets have broadened and widened 
uh, whereas then you used to have videographers in the Air Force, and all they did was video. They didn't touch a cam- cam- uh, still camera. All they did was video, and you had a photographer, and all they did was photography. They didn't dare touch a video camera, and you had journalists who wrote and really didn't do uh, either of them. All those career fields and those skill sets have now been combined into mass communications and or public affairs and things of that nature. So the individuals who are within the career field now are, are being asked to be masters of all, not just jacks of all trades, but masters of all trades. And at the same time, the training pipeline for the military has shrunk and shrunk and shrunk to the point to where there's just not a lot of good training out there and availability for people to become true masters of all of the skill sets that they need to have. Um, that's a huge change. And so to kind of piggyback off of what you said, I, I think in the National Guard we're really lucky. Uh, I Like me personally, between the two guys over on this side, you and, and multiple other people, that's how I've tried to be good in dealing with the changes to having to learn all that at one time is that I, I have so many people to learn from. I can go out and make the mistakes and just kind of ask you guys and watch you guys, watch how you guys do stuff, and it lets me learn so much quicker that way. Good attitude. Yep. Well, I think um, I'm out of questions. And I think this has been a pretty good conversation. So, um, did you have anything that you wanted to say, Buck, to finish us finish us out? Well, I've got some uh, I've got some links uh, that I can throw out there for folks who are listening and who are, uh, might be more interested in learning some photography. I've got some uh, links that I follow uh, that uh, folks might might find interesting. If you'd like for me to share those, okay, yeah, please, please do. All right, so uh, first off, of course, in being a, a Nikon shooter myself, um, there's really, uh, in the professional world today, there's not a lot of difference between Nikon, Canon, uh, any of the major manufacturers. Sony is really kicking uh, right now mm-hmm. few years with their mirrorless technology and things. Photography is still evolving and changing uh, even as we speak. But uh, being a Nikon guy, uh, uh, NikonUSA.com has um, a lot of, really good uh, tutorials and videos. They have what's called Nikon School Online. And so if you do a Google search for Nikon School, uh, there's tons of uh, free courses that you can take on there, everything from environmental portraiture to the art of making music videos to getting started with your Nikon DSLR, fundamental photography, and things of that nature. And they're for some really, really good photographers, um, such as Joe McNally and folks like that. So Nikon is a very good resource. Kelby One, uh, so it's kelbyone.com, K-E-L-B-Y-O-N-E.com. That is a membership only. You have to pay for that, but they have over 800 courses in photography, everything from Photoshop, Lightroom, uh, post-processing to sports photography, portrait photography, drone photography, wedding, family, children, travel, you name it, it's on there. And usually those are some really, really good videos with a lot of information uh, in them. So Kelby One, I would highly recommend. They also produce Lightroom Magazine and Photoshop User Magazine every month. 
Uh, again, if you're a member of Kelby One, you get those for free and you can download them. And those are loaded with a lot of great tutorials and step-by-step -step processes. There's a site called ProEDU. If you go to Google and type in ProEDU.com, uh, that's a, uh, another photography site that specializes in all sorts of different courses and things of that nature. Uh, all sorts of podcasts, uh, hundreds and hundreds of issues and, and lesson courses that you can take. As to individual photographers, a couple of individuals that, that I like to follow, uh, one would be for portraiture photography and really advanced Photoshop stuff would be Joel Grimes. Uh, if you go J-O-E-L-G-R-I-M-E-S, Joel Grimes. I've uh, had the pleasure of, of meeting him and being in a class with him. He's an incredible guy. Uh, he's a great human being, but an incredibly skilled photographer. And he's been doing this since the old, old days, um, but uh, and very advanced still and uh, highly recommend Joel. If you're a little on the quirky side uh, and have some time, uh, this gentleman definitely has a lot of personality. His <laughs> name is Joe Edelman. Uh, Joe, J-O-E-E-D-E-L-M-A-N, Joe Edelman. Uh, he's got his own website, and he does a lot of different tutorials and things. He's really good. If you've got just like a home studio and you want to play around on the cheap, um, he doesn't use a lot of really high-end equipment a lot of the time. He's using cardboard and all sorts of uh, household items and things to make different strobes and gels and things. Um, really, really unique. Um, usually I pull one or two little nuggets out of a lot of his videos that are really helpful, even at, even at uh, you know, 30 years going on, on photography. Uh, some of his stuff is, woo um, uh, <laughs> not, not my favorite, but, uh, and he, he's a character. Yeah. But uh, again, very, 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 very useful. Um, Another gentleman that I would like to recommend on the uh, post-processing side is a gentleman by the name of Terry White. So if you go to YouTube, uh, just type in Terry White, uh, as it sounds. He is a, uh, an actual Adobe uh, employee, uh, works for Adobe, and he has just a million videos on uh, the Adobe Creative Cloud, Photoshop, Lightroom, uh, all of the different programs. And I just enjoy his voice and the manner in which that he teaches. And uh, I, I think you'll find him very credible and, and very good. The last one that I'll recommend is a gentleman by the name of Steve Perry. And no, not the lead singer for Journey. Uh, this gentleman <laughs> is a wildlife photographer who is incredibly gifted. Um, he does a lot of uh, photo tours and things of that nature down in South America. But uh, he has a lot of videos that are incredibly, incredibly useful, uh, very detailed, uh, scientific in nature, but also personality-driven. Great guy. And you can find him at backcountrygallery.com. Again, that's backcountrygallery.com. Um, highly, highly recommend checking out some of his stuff because he's just very knowledgeable and very personable and can work you through a lot of issues. Uh, not only just in shooting, uh, different shooting tips, different shooting equipment and things like that, uh, but also um, in post-processing as well. So those are my recommendations. Go out there, learn, uh, explore, find a teacher that you like, find a style that you like. Uh, one of the great things about photography is that it's, there's a million and one genres from boudoir photography to wedding photography to sports 
to uh, you name it, you can do it in photography. There's tons to be captured. And even though there are billions of images that are out there, the ones that you take are just like your fingerprints. They are each individually unique and a representation of that specific moment in time from your perspective. And that's incredible. Well, thank you again for um, coming on to the podcast. Um, like I said, I thought it was, it was a pretty good podcast. Yep. So um, if you want to take us out, Caleb. All righty. That's going to do it for today's episode. For more news about the West Virginia National Guard, you can find us on all major social media platforms or on the web at www.wv.ng.mil. This has been Staff Sergeant Caleb Vance with your West Virginia National Guard. On behalf of the 6,400 guardsmen in uniform, 700 civilian employees, and our families, stay safe and stay West Virginia strong.